Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are, Northlanders. We're back with our number two on the Tuesday edition of Sound Off. Uh, by the way, Ken, if you hear any uh, drilling or uh, other noises in the background, don't worry about it. I'm just having a, a, a water softener installed today, ah. so it's no big deal. All right. But I've closed the door, so it should be okay. Good. <laughs> well, anyway, a uh, couple things. Now, as I stated in the first hour, Trump did win the Iowa caucuses rather handily. He uh, he got about 52 point, well, about 51, over 51 percent of the total delegates. There was over 100,000 people that showed up uh, across the state uh, that voted yesterday. Uh, Fox News did a survey, a, uh, a survey of feelings and uh, what things were important to people. It was done with 1,500 Iowa Republicans, a survey of approximately 1,500 uh, that was conducted. The full methodology uh, are available if you go to Fox News, but it was kind of a scattering of different uh, backgrounds and whether they were rural or urban. Uh, DeSantis came in second, beat out Nikki Haley. Nineteen Nikki Haley got 19.1%. Were you surprised? DeSantis got twenty-one. I um, were you surprised? You know he, what? I he wasn't. Came in second? No, okay. no, I wasn't. Right. The DeSantis. I I kind of had a feeling. Uh, you know, Iowa Iowa people are pretty loyal people to their to the people that are loyal to them, and I think that ad that DeSantis's people were running, where they caught Nikki Haley out in New Hampshire. Uh, basically saying to the voters in New Hampshire, look, uh, Iowa is going to do one thing and you have the right, uh, you have the, uh, the, you will be following up and be able to correct what they've done. In other words, she was saying that they're going to support Donald Trump and you have a right to change it and you will. Well, I think some of the Iowa people took that as a slam. And uh, so she dropped because she had been holding in second place fairly strong uh, but she dropped down to third, and then of course Ram Swamy just dropped out of the picture completely. He only got seven point seven percent. But here's what we had been talking about, you and I, all along about what things are important to people. Well, they asked these fifteen hundred people. They asked them about, you know, how they felt about the economy and how they felt about their family situation. And here's the response that they got back. 11% of the people of that 1,500 poll said they were getting ahead. In other words, um, you know, 11% of the 1,500 said, we're doing okay. We're actually uh, maybe making a little bit better than we were a year or two ago, and we're doing okay. 57% of the people said, you know what, we're just holding steady. We're just pretty much the same as we've always been. We've been able to hold steady, but that's about it. And 32% said we're falling behind. 32% said we're falling behind. Now, so so that's not good. That meant the economy was uh, was a factor. But over and above that, caucus goers cited immigration as the top issue Facing the country. And get these percentages, Kenny. Immigration. 
41% of the people interviewed said immigration was the number one issue. 33% said economy and jobs. 7% said foreign policy. And 4% said health, you know, health care. So the border was almost universally popular uh, with Iowa uh, voters. And That's interesting. get this. Yeah, it is. But get this. This is even more interesting. They asked them how they felt about a border wall with Mexico, having a border wall built. What do you suppose the numbers were there? High. Yeah, very high. 88% favored it. 88% of the 1,500 polled favored it. Only 12% opposed it. So I got to ask you, so 41% was the top um, concern amongst Iowa caucus voters, 41% on the border issue. What was second? Economic, uh, economy and jobs at 33%. 33, okay. That's interesting, Brad, because I was listening to, I think I was listening to a radio program on this radio station, of course, uh, over the weekend, and a couple of things. Iowa has a large amount of migrant workers. They're people that come from Mexico. Yes. So yes, I'm, a, I'm a little uh, concerned about this 41% because I think this should be labeled, and maybe it is, I'm not sure, as illegal immigration the, yes they did that they in uh, that actually was the way it was polled was illegal immigration and it also went and on to say that amongst voters nationwide polling shows the top concern of voters is inflation and the prices <laughs> we're paying and at the grocery stores in particular so i that's yeah. a little that, that's interesting what iowa is saying here but uh it appears to me, at least, that those are the two big topics, uh, inflation, oh, no the economy, no and doubt. this uh, surge at the border of illegal uh, immigrants. Uh, of illegals, yep. Hmm. And over and over, people referred to it as an invasion. And the commercials that were run, I guess, were from both Trump and DeSantis. Now, Nikki Haley might have lost some steam there as well. Because uh, somebody caught an ad of hers, an old ad a few years ago, where she said uh, that illegal immigrants shouldn't be called illegal. They're not illegal simply because they're right. trying to come here. Now, that w- was that, when was that? That was audio from when? Um, I don't think it was recent. No, but no, nonetheless, it, it was when yeah, I was saw that four years ago. I thought, this is going to kill her campaign. Yeah. This is going to kill her amongst Republican voters campaign it it and it did because both i guess both trump and desantis came out with con, with uh competing ads then that said if you come to this country illegally if you break our laws yes you are a criminal well of course brad when you break a law whether you steal a pack of gum or come here illegally mm-hmm. if you break a law you're a lawbreaker right right but you're, but you're right uh, on the on the one uh, stand where there there are a lot of big farms here that bring in a lot of migrant workers, but yeah. they bring them in legally. They bring them in with uh, visas and green cards to work uh, for harvesting. So there was a lot of that. Well, anyway, we've got a caller on the line, Tom from Port Wing, that would like to comment uh, this afternoon. Tom, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon. I'll make one quick comment. Uh, This was reported by CBS, the number. 
so don't hold me on it. Um, okay. There was a big hoo-ha over Governor Abbott of Texas and the drowning of that woman and her, I believe she had two children with her. Yeah. They even reported, CBS, that uh, during the Biden administration, we've had over 700 deaths on the border or people in transit or whatever. You know, those numbers are always kind of fuzzy because it's hard to get an exact count. But literally, if this was any other administration, a Republican administration, all of those would be accounted to Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Every one of them. It to be Joe Biden. So, um, you know, we don't don't say a whole lot about it. And uh, then we try and pillory the governor of Texas because of an unfortunate circumstance there. But the, the reason I called uh, this afternoon, Brad, is I think it's time for us to start addressing the never-Trumpers, or what I refer to as the yes. Bush-Cheney wing uh, or the broken wing of the Republican Party. They better start learning to sit down and shut up. And the, the next ones to address is, is some kind of fairness when it comes to the media and Donald Trump, because they are uh, planning on doing the same thing all over again. It's going to be how many slings and arrows can we throw at this guy, and we don't care what happens. To be damned the country, we're just going to destroy this administration if he was to get in office by hook or by crook. We don't care. We, we don't care about America. We only care about our media and us being loyal to the Democrat Party. I get it with the Democrat Party. I don't expect Joe Biden to come out and endorse Donald Trump. But I'd no. like to see some fairness in the media. And I'm going back to it, Brad. And I'll, I'll let you say what, what you want to say about it. This broken wing of the Republican Party needs to shut up. I've, I've about had it with them. You know, the Democrats all fell in line when it came to the nominating process for Joe Biden. You had every Democrat, remember, Brad, all fall on the sword for Joe Biden? All in oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so well, I want to see some... Okay, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, it, 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 it does not surprise me at all that when you get into when we move from Iowa now into New Hampshire and into South Carolina, that you are going to see the media raise its ugly, venomous head like you have never seen before. And they're going to make predictions. They're going to make calls. They're going to make uh, all kinds of accusations about how, oh, my God, the Republicans are coming out against Trump But it's not going to be necessarily Republicans or the normal Republicans that would go in and vote Republican. You have a huge and every story that I've read out of New Hampshire has referred to the fact that New Hampshire is an open state for voting, that you can cross party lines anytime you want to. If you if you decide in the primaries that you want to vote against Donald Trump and you want to vote for Nikki Haley, show up and vote Republican and vote for Nikki Haley. And it'll look like she is getting a lot of Republican support, but it might be half legitimate and half voters that are never Trumpers. So you got to be very careful from here on out in this, in the races as you go into it, 
because there there will be a lot of give and take on support, but there will also be the kinds of people that are coming on board simply to try to throw another uh, ice pick into Donald Trump. And I don't know how else to put it than that. I mean, that's that's really what you're gonna what you're gonna see. In fact, I was watching an interview this morning from a coffee shop in New Hampshire, and the reporter asked the guy, "Who are you going to be voting for?" And he said, "I'm going to vote for anybody but Donald Trump." I mean, he just flat out said that. So he really was not concerned about who he was voting for. It was more who he was voting against. So anyway, yeah, let me is, let me. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. It, it's it's going to be. You're going to have to be a little bit observant when you watch uh, the polling that's coming out over the next week to ten days, and the, the actual voting that goes on in New Hampshire. And then remember too that none of this has much to do with anything. You're going to have a huge. Uh, voting turnout on Super Tuesday. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, we need to take our first break here of hour number two. Boy, I'll tell you what, every week, B&B Market up at the top of the Big Lake Hill in Cloquet has some specials. Uh, and they post them. You can go online to B&B Market uh, uh, specials. Uh, and they've got some unbelievable specials this week. You can buy frozen whole back ribs for two ninety nine a pound, boneless Kansas City pork loin back ribs a dollar ninety nine a pound. So if you want to do some barbecuing, you want some great baby back ribs, things like that. They've got all kinds of it. B and B Market is located at the top of the Big Lake Hill in Cloquet, which, by the American flag, by Perkins, you just drive up that hill up to the top. You'll find B and B Market on your left hand side. They've got. You know, they're an all-lines grocery store. You can literally go in there and buy paper products and cereal and all the other things. But, man, if you want quality meats at quality great prices, B&B Market has it all at the top of the Big Lake Hill. Now, if you're questioning any specials, give them a call at 218-879-3555. They're open seven days a week, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., and Saturdays and Sundays from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So again, B&B Market for great, great weekly specials. And we'll be right back after this. KDAL time is 1226. One above at the Army Corps of Engineers, a one above in Canal Park. Uh, winds are out of the southwest about 15 miles an hour, so the wind chills are going to be biting you this morning. And uh, we're going to be in this trend for a little bit. Uh, Arctic air... Uh, it's creating dangerously cold wind chills, and it's going to continue uh, pretty much through the week. Now, warmer temps will arrive this weekend, Brad. As a matter of fact, the National Weather Service is saying that we might even see above normal temps next Ooh, week. Yeah. That would be nice. We're going to be able to go sunbathing, do you think? Uh, I don't know. You might be able to, oh. but uh, that's up to you. Uh, yesterday in Duluth, <laughs> the high temperature was minus 2 the low yesterday, 14 below. A normal high this time of the year, 20. Normal low is 2 above. And Brad, real quickly, record high for January 16th, 42 in 42. 
Yeah, 40, 42 in 1942. Yeah, 42 in 1942. I'm glad that's that record's held. And Brad, the record low minus 31 in 1982. The high temperature on that day, January 16th, 1982, minus 20. Whoa. That was the high. Along with that, that was what year? That 19, was what year? 1982. Okay. Yeah, that was a cold January, Brad. The average low was minus 14. The average high was 8. The average temperature for January 1982 was minus 3. <laughs> That's the same year, the same month, I went to Stewart's Wheel Goods in uh, East Duluth and bought a kerosene heater but uh, yeah 20 oh. below the record did you use that inside in yeah. a closed in area yeah. oh. and listening to uh justin the other day from AirServe, that you know if we would have had uh, carbon monoxide um yeah. systems back the then warnings it would have oh. gone off all yeah. the time yeah they were horrible i mean they were good they gave you a lot of heat but i yeah. i didn't like them i knew there was no no it wasn't good and it didn't take long before the government came out and said, "Hey, don't don't be using those in closed-in areas. They're yeah. great in a garage with the door open or something like that, yeah. but not indoors." Yep. Well, let me tell you what's uh, what's going on with the Biden administration. Now, we've talked about a little bit of the results from coming back from the Iowa caucuses yesterday, but Kenny, I didn't think it was possible for Joe Biden's numbers to go any further. But according to the latest whoa, whoa, polls, whoa. further up or down? <laughs> Down, down. Really? Uh, oh yeah. Now, what poll is this? This whether well, it's from two. It's from uh, the far left ABC News, and also from the incredible shrinking Washington Post. <laughs> they, they uh, both of them have now come out and said that Joe Biden's approval ratings are thirty-three percent. Now that you, some people Who might are say, these well, people, that's not. Too bad, 33%. But his disapproval rating, that's the one you really got to watch. That His disapproval rating has climbed to 58%. 58%. The internals for Biden are just awful. Only 28% of independents approve of the job he's doing. And only 31% of women approve. Even after he won, supposedly, 57% of the women in 2020, even the dumbest people on the planet, college graduates, are coming around. Normally, Biden's polls, uh, normally Biden polls above 50% in, uh, with the, you know, the college pinheads. But, I'm sorry, I didn't mean, currently only 41% of even college graduates approve of him. And among black and Hispanic adults, he's polling well below average. Now, what does this mean when you see these poll numbers like this? Well, I think it means that even his own supporters are starting to question what's going on. Do you remember a uh, a Biden operative by the name of Simone Sanders? Maybe, maybe you was don't. She related, uh, she was she related kinda, to Bernie? No, 
No. Oh. No. No. She was. Uh, she was a black female. She was on. She was on Biden's uh, staff for a while. She. Uh, I forget which job she had, but she held a, a couple of different jobs. In fact, then she. She was an advisor uh, to 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 President Joe Biden, and then for a period of time, she actually went and became an advisor to Kamala Harris before she moved to the host of a weekend show on MSNBC, of course. You know, very liberal show there. But Simone Sanders is a black female. She, why this is important is because she has come out now over this last week. And she's, as I said, she's the host of an NBC weekend show. Uh, She has come out and said voters are just not, are just not getting Biden's Bidenomics. And she suggested, you know, Biden and, and his advisors have got to let it go. They got to just stop talking about Bidenomics because nobody is getting it. Nobody's believing that uh, that there is any improvement to the economy because of Bidenomics. They're not going to get Bidenomics. Just let it go. How about you just make sure you know uh, what they're going to do and what you did? Uh, and, you know... Talk about the GBD, talk about gross domestic product, talk about other things, but don't talk about Bidenomics. People don't get it. Now, we're at a point here, Kenny. Should we be doing the CBS News? Let's get to Tony. Can we go to Tony? Let's go to Tony first. Tony, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you today? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Just a little downhearted, I guess. Uh, I just recently retired this year from uh, working for like the past 47 years of my life and uh, just getting kind of fed up with, uh, you know, their tax and my pension tax. I haven't even filed Social Security, but that will be getting taxed. Uh, yes. Uh, worked my way through college, paid my loans off. I'm paying a 1000 a month for my health insurance. And then uh, I get kind of bummed out when I hear, you know, some of these uh immigrant people are getting a free ride you know and here i am footing the bill and uh you know i busted my ass my whole life and uh you know i'm just kind of a little fed up with it i guess tony i think you are expressing um i i I hate to say it i don't want to put words in your mouth but i think you're expressing the feelings that a lot of people are seeing they see these illegal immigrants breaking the law, coming into this country, and we bend over backwards to send them taxpayer-funded on bus trips or whatever, put them up in hotels, put them in housing, give them food, give them... I I quoted it uh, a couple of weeks ago where they found out that the Veterans Administration has been asked to donate a certain amount of their medical care that they give to veterans to immigrants uh, to to uh, taking care of illegal immigrants. And I think what you're saying, Tony, is you've worked your whole life. You'd like to be able to get the money back that you paid into Social Security. You'd like to be able to get it back because you paid taxes on it once when you were paying it. And all of a sudden in the state of Minnesota, unless you fall into a certain category, you're not guaranteed that you're going to get it back. And then you see all of these things being given to people that are breaking laws coming here, and it really starts hitting below the belt. So, you know, I I totally understand what you're saying. 
Uh, Tony, um, thank you so much for your call. We've got to get to our CBS News folks. Uh, We'll be back right after this. KDAL time is 1241. A lot of our reporting stations weather-wise are starting to see temps at zero or above. Superior, zero. Ashland, one above. One above in Aiken. Still below zero in Eveleth. Uh, let's check. Let's get an update from Eveleth. Minus four still in Eveleth. But again, we're going to be seeing some moderating temps after this week and into this weekend, Brad. And oh, also, there's going to be some snow already. They're reporting a couple Ooh. of inches. Yeah, a couple of inches has already been reported around the Bayfield Peninsula. So there is going to be some snow in the forecast pretty much for uh, Bayfield, uh, Ashland counties, those counties the uh, snow belt area, Apostle Islands, Bayfield Peninsula, but it's going to be relatively light. But don't rule out maybe four or five inches around Cornucopia or Bayfield. Wow. Or Port that Wayne. That is a lot. And that's starting when? This weekend? Uh, that's going on right now, and that's going to continue oh. into tomorrow. Okay. then interesting. Well, let me uh, finish this deal up about Simone Sanders here. She used to work for the Biden administration. She was an aide for uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, you know, the giggler. Uh, but she 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 made some interesting statements. She's now a host of a show on the weekend on MSNBC. And she said, uh, she said, you know what? What Joe Biden's got to do is he's a promoter. He's been standing on stages looking looking presidential with the flags behind him. He gives his speech and he gets out. He leaves. When was the last time you saw Joe Biden do a rope line? You know what a rope line is, right? That's where after you, after a politician speaks, they go down along the line and shake everybody's hand, talk to everybody. <laughs> she says, when was the last time you saw him do a rope line? When was the last time you saw Job saw? Joe Biden in a town hall taking questions from the American people. Well, never. Why? Come on, really? Are You think he's capable of doing that? First of all, he might have a hard time getting down the two, three steps from the stage down to the ground level where the people are to shake their hands. And then what's he going to say? I think Kenny has some some taped pieces of some of the things he said that make no sense at all. Oh, which one do you want me to play? I've got, I've got. Well, no, <laughs> no, I know you got. Yeah, you could throw any of them in there, but no, I was reaching for something. Anyway, uh, sh- she went on to say that uh, putting the president in a more intimate setting where he can talk to voters might help alleviate age concerns. I'm saying no, that might actually bring age concerns even more to the forefront. That's probably not a good idea. But I'll tell you what they are going to do. <clears throat> and this is this is sad, but this is the way politics roll these days. It's what what was it that that uh what was it that they used to say about politics about donating money to politicians? They say money is the mother's milk of politics. It makes it happen. Well, if you want to know where Biden-Harris's campaign is going to go, listen to this story. The Biden-Harris election effort is not running out of cash anytime soon. That was the claim Monday when party organizers boasted that they have $117 million 
on hand. On hand, ready to spend, making it the largest sum of any Democratic candidate in history at this point in the race. So, see, he can sit back and have somebody put together slick commercials, uh, make up things. The Hill reports that the president and vice president said that their campaign this last year raised $97 million in the fourth quarter of 2023. The total includes fundraising efforts by the campaign, joint fundraising committees, and the Democratic National Committee, the report set out. In the third quarter, the Biden-Harrison campaign announced it raised $71 million and had nearly $91 million cash on hand. So what you're going to see, <clears throat> and remember now, does Donald Trump have a lot of money uh, in his treasury? Well, it actually, former President Donald Trump is increasingly like rival in the race, has yet to announce how much he has raised throughout the last quarter. Because here's the thing, he's been spending it almost as fast as I'm sure he's raising it because, number one, he had five or six different opponents all trying to make a splash in the Iowa caucuses. So they were spending money in Iowa like it was falling out of the trees. And Donald Trump had to spend along with it. So the Democrats at this point are in a much better advantageous position simply because they don't really have opponents to raise uh, money against. Yeah, they they got that author woman, uh, but she is ranking almost nothing. And same with the Dean Phillips. Uh, he's pulling almost nothing. Now he is going to have a donation of a million dollars, I guess, today from a donor, but that's still not going to make a huge difference. The Biden-Harris campaign said that 97% of donations in the fourth quarter were less than $200 for an average of $41, with an average of about $41.88. So they're getting 2.3 million total contributions from individuals, which, you know, people will say, but, but Brad, isn't that what politicians want to see? They want to see small individual donations? Yes. But they've also raised, the Biden-Harris team has also raised a tremendous amount of money from big Democratic donors as well. But see, the thing of it is, they've, had, they've not had to spend that money in a campaign to this point yet. I'm uh, monitoring Fox Business News and just what you were talking about, about the uh, 44% or what was it, 41% that uh, yes. see immigration 30 as a problem in America or a big concern, 33% the economy. And uh, Fox Business is reporting Americans are, fe- are feeling the the crunch. They're getting cru- yeah. uh, crushed. Uh, the American dream is is not working out for a lot of these, uh, especially young people, Brad. But even more so, I don't know if you saw this soundbite. I've got it here. I don't know if I want to play it necessarily, but it was Governor Walls on uh, Meet the Press over the weekend, and he was talking about the stamina and that age shouldn't be concerned about President Biden. And (laughs) he went on to say, look, my mom's 88 years old. She still drives. And I got to thinking, does Biden drive I mean, he's only what eighty-one years old, but uh, Tim Walls. I don't think he drives. Yeah, Tim Wall Walls was really uh, grabbing for uh, short straws here, but 
it is what it is. And, and then he threw out the ageism. It's all about ageism, you know, and we're discriminating against him because he's old. No, we're not. And you know what? No, we're hey, not. So what if we are? And maybe it is something to do with age. But my goodness, he's the most powerful man on, uh, on earth. And look what he does. We watch him yeah. on the news. He goes to the podium. He goes to the mic. He turns around. He doesn't know where to go. He falls upstairs. Jill leads him off the off the stage by hand like you would a child. Yes, he says things like this. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was gonna put him. uh, That's all, folks. (laughs) So, Tim Walls, you know, give us a break. My goodness, we see we see what's going on here, and be real, be honest. Yeah. Well, listen, I know we got to do our Minnesota news report. Uh, when we come back from that, I want to give you a little bit of what Tom from Port Wing was talking about, what we're going to see happening in the next couple of weeks now that we've moved beyond the Iowa caucuses and we go to New Hampshire where it's open warfare. Uh, the New York Times, you know, the old liberal New York Times has come out with an editorial this morning that is just the typical uh, left-wing radical agenda that they're putting out and why you should stay away from Trump. I'll get to that when we come back. On the road again. Just can't KDAL time is 12.55. A lot of excitement uh, starting here with the announcement of uh, Willie Nelson coming to Duluth. Uh, this is part of KDAL's promotion, Brad, so we're very excited about this, and we'll talk more about that. And I don't know if Chris Dahlberg uh, wants to go see Willie Nelson or not, but we do have Chris oh, Dahlberg on the phone. Does. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely, because maybe some of uh, Willing's, you know, his outlaws, uh, maybe I can f- get some of their state planning done, right? There you go. There you go. Isn't it Whaling Jennings and the Outlaws? I believe you. I believe he is, isn't he, Kenny? Isn't isn't that yeah, what they called like the that. Outlaws? The Highwaymen. Okay. The Highwaymen. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and they they performed, didn't they, Kenny, uh, down at the deck before? I know he was at Wade Stadium about forty years ago, Willie Nelson. I thought I, I I saw, and maybe you proved me wrong, but uh, when I walk around the deck occasionally, I go for exercise, I thought I saw him up on a billboard that he performed back oh. maybe 20 years ago. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I don't know. It's been a long time if he's been here at all, but this is exciting. The thing of it is, though, I, I don't mean this derogatory at all, but are they going to just wheel him out there and prop him up someplace? Because at 90 years of age, or he'll be 91, uh, can't be that mobile, I wouldn't think. (laughs) I don't know, but it's interesting. Some of those uh, rock stars, you know, they keep in shape, and they get out of drugs. They go through the drug phase, those that live through it, and they start living a clean life. And uh, I went down to a concert in the Twin Cities, and there was Motley Crue and everything, and I think it was Motley Crue was terrible. But you know what band was still, still good? I mean, he barely had any voice left. He's so drugged out yeah. or whatever. But oh, you yeah. know who had a great voice or a great performance? Death Leopard. They were Really? Awesome. Oh, my goodness. They were good down there, and this was about, uh, oh, six months ago. But you know where else you can get great entertainment? i got to tell us real quick. American Legion post seventy one bingo on Sundays. 
Oh, bingo. Okay, yeah. I've been there for bingo on Sunday. It's fun. Yeah, Michelle and I went this Sunday. Uh, it was a packed, so we had to sit up at the bar, which is no no big pain. You know, drinks are right in front of you. And sure. you, you order your package. They give you, you know, you pay for it. You get the meal tickets, the drink tickets. You get to play, get to win some money. Brad, I think there were 200 people at the American Legion. Can oh, you my it? God. It was, it was what packed. a great... What a great fundraiser for them. They're doing a good job down there, so I wanted to give the hats off to the to the people that are doing that down there. But uh, Well, you I better give us your phone number and tell us how to get a hold of you. We're running out yeah. of time here. Okay, call the Dahlberg Law Office. We'll take care of you. We'll take care of your wills, your trusts. Dahlberg Law Office, 218-722-5809. We'll be glad to serve you. All right. Take Thank care. you so much, Chris. Chris, I, I'm surprised, Kenny, that I heard Chris Dahlberg, attorney at law, talking about Def Leppard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's a rock and roll. It's good music. And, uh, you know, you've got to go see these shows because they're not going to be around forever. Very true. Well, listen, when we come back with our number three, I'm going to get into this New York Times editorial because I think it's going to give everybody an, an idea of what the media is going to try to do to Trump from here on out. So, We'll uh, we'll come back with our number three shortly, right here on six ten KDAL with sound off here um, very shortly. I gotta readjust my clock. You gotta here. wait my for the music, says, Brad. There we go. I know. I'm, okay. <laughs> there All we right. go. Now it's time. All right. All right. We'll be back shortly.